Microphone check, two, three, what is this? Gifted. Intellectual f***ing giftedness. Welcome to this Gifted Podcast. Series? I don't know. Working title? Gifted. No one gives a fuck if you're gifted. We do. A.K.A. Gifted School Dropouts. A.K.A. Gifted for Life. So we are the gifted, the real gifted. That's on Twitter at the underscore real underscore gifted. On the Instagram at the underscore gifted underscore podcast. On Facebook, never. Website, we're working on it, maybe. And on email on the Switzerland encrypted gifted at protonmail.com. The gifted podcast, primarily on Spotify and Anchor, as well as Apple, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Podcast Addict, my fave Podbean, the blockchain, wherever, whenever you download and catch a podcast episodes. Thank you again. However you found us, we really, really appreciate it. Because again, we really know that no one, no one really wants to talk about Gifted. Thank you all again for the feedback. We really appreciate it here on this episode number three, I think, featuring, and I hate to do this, me, your humble narrator. Why me? Even though I agonized over having to do this? Because I, me, uh, J-Rock23, believes that, A, it's only fair if I want others to open up and share their secrets to success from untapping the supposed gifted potential that I at least open myself up. And two, I am a firm believer in context. As the Wu-Tang Clan once taught me, Cream. But in this case, it's context rules everything around me. Context as in who exactly is presenting the information being given. I don't suggest anyone drink from tainted wells, no matter how thirsty you are, because you're going to realize the repercussions from doing so sooner or later, internally or externally. In this world of podcasting and influencing and disinformation, people have ulterior motives. We don't have ulterior motives. There's no dark money funding us yet. Although my cryptocurrency wallets are open for anyone wanting to. Let me check that. 0x F9987C7AEC. Okay, I, uh, I forgot the rest. Whatever. Oh yeah, and that's a lie. We do have some ulterior motives. Say, a million dollar contract from Spotify. There, I said it. But really, I think it's all about building a safe space. To talk about giftedness without pretense. Slash being told to go fuck yourself. Because we absolutely know that sentiment is out there. In fact, I think we have an entire Twitter list of moments and tweets of this social discourse doing just that. Anyways, for this particular episode that I absolutely hate to do, I'm opening myself just a little bit to be told to fuck myself. And more importantly, provide context to the question that I'm sure that is on everyone's mind. Who exactly the fuck are you? So the idea of hosting this pod on Spotify primarily, besides that delusional goal of a $100 million contract, is to take advantage of this new aspect of podcasting, playing licensed music on podcasts, radio show style, without getting banned or deleted and sued at least. And I'm sure everyone out there has a song that they could say that best represents or introduces you to them. So if DJRG can rack up a song that I would introduce myself with, playing a bad walk-in intro music, for me, it's got to be Jay-Z featuring Rihanna and pre-Kardashian Kanye West. The song, Run This Town. Now playing for those exclusively 
on the Spotify platform. Well, I'm me. I like my coffee black. Okay, not really. But I'm highly adaptable depending on the coffee situation. I do have taste buds, but I'm able to temper my expectations, my sensitivities to what's in front of me. Coffee, of which I drink a lot, uh, not necessarily because I need the energy boost, but because I'm prone to falling asleep behind the wheel from distorted sleeping habits, part and parcel with the lifelong problem of having a racing mind at night. I'm an amivert, uh, not fully an introvert, not fully an extrovert, the best and worst of both worlds. A social chameleon if I choose to be social. Well, after I've been sitting in the car, planning my entrance for like an hour, and then as someone who loves to say the Irish goodbyes. Oh, and yes, I am a gifted adult. Uh, gifted kid? Gifted kid grown up? Gifted kid grown ass gifted adult? I don't know. I totally recognize how ridiculous this all is. As a grown ass man, with bills to pay and taxes to evade. Whoa, sorry, no, cut that. Still referring to, relating at all, to being a gifted kid. But I don't know how socially acceptable it is to say, quote, gifted adult without getting that cut eye. Even as logical as that progression should be from gifted kid to gifted adult. Because all those gifted kid characteristics is absolutely manifesting itself as persisting characteristics deep into adulthood. So again, I know you definitely cannot speak as a quote gifted adult because it's preposterous, borderline, oblivious douchebag territory, and it's absurdly easier to refer to being a gifted kid once. So I guess the only acceptable way to talk about intellectual giftedness and the giftedness experience is to hang on to the gifted kid identity. Again, as absurd as that can be. Or maybe I'm just really trying to work out the childhood trauma. Okay, well not trauma trauma, but still. All that being compounded by the fact that I was probably able to comprehend things at a level beyond my years. Like, I don't think I've ever felt a numerical age, especially with fake IDs. And then maybe watching the 6 o'clock news as a 6-year-old wasn't the best for me. But hey, that's who I be. I also identify as a man, this is gender male, a Canadian, Asian, Virgo, INTJ or INTP, I forget, uh, schizo... Typo, peril, anxious, mentally screwed, lone wolf, leader by example, reluctant team captain, creative, right-brained, sapiosexual, and a toxic masculine man, a macho man, macho man, Randy Savage. Even though people around me question my sexuality, since I tend to go places alone, without a partner or whatever, and I don't even try to pick up the waitresses dropping hints, thanks to, I don't know, uh, my social anxiety, my my respect for women, or my general respect for people's privacy. Whatever it is. Uh, I'm personally hard to get to know anyways. I hate to be touched. Probably because I'm highly sensitive. I'm also empathic. Deep empathy within me. So I guess I just return all those favors. A do-unto-others philosophy, maybe. I'm accused of being mysterious. But that's probably because I don't talk a lot. Ironically enough. Meanwhile, I'm openly chirping on a Twitter account that I really don't tell anyone about. I follow thousands as well, I'll listen to many, tweet a few, and I do follow back. I guess it's general reciprocity. And outside of that, I don't tend to use my full name anywhere. Uh, fully aware of what it might do to my Google SEO, good or bad. Shout out to Nike, selling shoes and clothes and jerseys while ingraining in a media 23 Enigma. 
And shout out to Chef Jordi from Spain for sharing my digital space. So that's part of why I'm presenting this project through somewhat of an alter ego. Because ain't no way I feel comfortable associating this with my forever Google history. I bet I've done enough damage to my past and future prospects from human resource assholes who don't get it. So I can't risk further alienation to my job prospects. Imagine trying to find a job where HR's first impression of you is, oh, hey, intellectually gifted. So yeah, no way am I putting my real name to this podcast. And again, identifying as a toxic masculine, I would literally start a podcast project and go to therapy. And the irony all here being, I don't want to add to podcast pollution, where there is literally every niche under the sun. Well, except for this niche. The niche of asking the question, whatever happened to those gifted kids? And besides, I think my podcast emissions are way in the green. Uh, Having listened to thousands and thousands of varieties of podcasts over years and years, even before podcasting was a thing. Like my vivid memories of listening to them while power washing stadiums on the midnight shift in the rain on my creative Zen micro player. So yeah, please don't come after me, Greta Thunberg. How dare you? I mean, so I did try therapy recently in adulthood a couple years ago. Uh, mostly thanks to the insurance mandates. After two totally sober, high-impact car accidents, where I told one SUV and barely salvaged the other, uh, walking away unscathed, going home for dinner, then going to the hospital. That after 10, 15 plus years of driving on the road, as what I consider one of my greatest skills, uh, seemingly useless. But if you needed a driver, uh, someone to quickly get a or someone to pack the truck to get you from A to B to Z, I was your man. Am I just trying to find meaning in those events? Because those therapy sessions were some of the worst in my life. I ended up with a package report that I didn't even feel the need to ever read again. Uh, simply because the assigned psychotherapists didn't expand on the gifted concept. And I really didn't feel the need to further explore the schizo, schizotypal, or dissociation or whatever they suggested. So yeah, no more therapy for me. And I wasn't a big fan of the medications, the antidepressants, and whatever prescription drugs we tried that made my dick feel weird, and, and yeah, never again. I'm a big believer in don't knock it until you've tried it. And I've tried it. So therapy is not for me, and I'm not going back. I don't even give a damn if the alpha male Tony Soprano or the cyber hackerman Elliot Alderson made it cool. But especially now knowing the influx the psychotherapy profession will have over the next pandemic decade, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying it again. So yeah, this is all obviously a me thing. I suggest that y'all at least try therapy sometime. Ask your doctor if it's right for you. But with hopefully someone who actually understands the gifted concept, I think that's the key. That probably lends to my personality of not asking for help. I never ask for help. I can figure it all myself. I lie to myself. And maybe that's a big problem with me, that no one can help me with me but me. Well, so here I am, presenting myself as open or honest or relatively speaking or secretive as I can be without incriminating myself. Here to say that, please, believe me. Believe me when I say that it that it really is. Hashtag gifted for life. Uh, this bug is not going away, no matter how much I drink. And I drink a lot. A lot of GNT, a gin and tonic. Why? 
uh, because I think it's poetic. GNT, gifted and talented. Get it? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of skits like that. And well, here I am during a global pandemic and another lockdown to keep cases down, coming figuratively face to face with the silence and maybe some drug use during this period of solace to reconnect and present what intellectual giftedness is to me and realize how washed up I really am. Because I refuse to believe that I've resulted into the stereotypical gifted underachiever, or what the discourse now loves to refer to as gifted kid burnout. I mean, I despise stereotypes, but sometimes it's true. As a kid, a gifted kid who blew hooked on phonics out of the water, a gifted kid who had to get mom to cut out all the tags out of my clothing, a gifted kid who didn't even know how to tie their shoes, but I think it was mostly because I didn't like shoes because my feet were so sensitive. A gifted kid who didn't know how to act or look like a stereotypical gifted kid. Growing up in the inner city of an immigrated, populated, working-class neighborhood, uh, there was a big part of me that became a product of my environment. But at least part of that environment was being tested into a gifted program. Being the only one in my grade school, inexplicably, probably because the Romanian girl was a fresh immigrant without a grasp of the English language at the time, or the black girl that chose to skip a grade instead, something that I should have pursued, except I could barely grip a softball, and the other kids would make fun of that, even though I could really hit the ball. Now, I can recall taking a bubble test, a CCAT I think it was called, and passing that a group test. Now, that I have no recollection of. But then a 1v1 test with a school board psychologist in a makeshift setup centered around a beat-up community center pool table, and me desperately asking if I was right with my answers on what I learned was a Rorschach blot test. And that was my indoctrination into the gifted program, to a one-day-a-week pull-out style in another school across the city for the next several years, in where I found regular school easy and gifted school kind of hard. But I think it was the environment of which my gifted program was situated in is what made it harder than it was, from what I can barely recall. A lot of social awkwardness from strange kids in my program, myself included. And then from, how do I say it, uh, regular kids from that school that we all went to as outsiders who then like to kind of pick on us. But apologies to the kid who I once got into a fight with, with everyone watching, who I hit back with my Tupperware full of lunch. And then I caused intense discussions and mediations where I was then forced to play chess with them. And then I learned the terrible, yet essential lesson of dumbing down just to fit in. I also held a grudge, I guess, with that kid years later when I came across him. And then I stole their baseball bat. I don't know why I remember that, but I apologize. Anyways, Gifted is a special education. Uh, not the special education where some kids absolutely need it just to function in their day-to-day but a special education where it's essential more so to develop, uh, develop potential, rather than to let it become stagnant in a one-size, one-grade, one-age, fits-all system, which I hope is over for the kids' sake these days. Having their education plan entirely disrupted during this pandemic, I actually wondered, um, what if SARS 1.0 was the pandemic of our lifetime? I think I would have thrived having nothing better to do than to skip grades. And I never understood these uh, so-called short bus jokes because we were relatively a small group of kids living in the city. So logistically, that made sense for a bunch of gifted kids going on weird field trips to museums or high schools 
or whatever trade show and educational gimmicks they come up with on a small bus driving around tight city roads. So personally, the gifted program, it almost worked for me. But it didn't really. Obviously. Because being a gifted kid was more than just school and grades and labels. It has to do with the characteristics and asynchronicities relative to age and problems emanating from high sensitivities and other odd quirks and problems that are somewhat common. For me, a big one was about how I just couldn't rest my mind at night, lying for hours on end. I don't know, building imaginational worlds, or exploring alternate universes, or fantastical scenarios, or feelings of sadness. What I learned to be, quote, existential depression in gifted children. And then waking up groggy and tired to go through the morning dredge of boring school. Within this synchronous development, I never really felt on the same plane as my same age peers, which manifested in hanging out with the older kids who are notoriously bad, as we all know. We had a penchant to learn good things and bad things to add to my intellectual arsenal and a seemingly natural penchant for creating mischief. I did definitely take advantage of the gifted kid status. I hate to say, but it was kind of like a pedestal, but not really. Like there was a trust from teachers borderline on teacher's pet, which resulted in good things like being able to borrow books from the upstairs part of the school library, which in retrospect is insane that they held that back from kids like me. And then there was also taking advantage of the bad things, like being entrusted with a hall pass system, or being trusted and obtaining the master keys, and then secretly making copies, resulting in installations of security cameras, all because of me probably. Which uh, led to some stealing, say, foods from the teachers' fridges, causing hilarious arguments. Uh, I was a bit of a kleptomaniac, and I blame being smart enough to not get caught as why. That is until I did, ending up in the back of a cop car, and hearing the shame in my head, I thought you were gifted. And as a good Catholic schoolboy, questioned religion then and still today while my mind used to wander during Mass, and skipping classes to serve Mass as a good altar boy, leading to stealing wine, which could have really ended up badly. And I'm not talking about just the punishment for stealing Jesus' blood, aka alcohol, from church underage. Thank God it didn't. But as a smart-ass, punk-ass kid in the undercity, uh, the exciting bad influences started to overtake the boring good influences. Eventually dropped out of the awkward gifted school, uh, well, mostly because it was shuttering its doors as I flip into another campus for the all-girls high school. But I still somehow held on to being a valedictorian with like 90s and 100s and A's and E's across the various grading spectrums of regular and gifted, even though I was still getting into all this little trouble. But yeah, I'm sorry to snitch kids, but I'll say what needs to be said. Gifted kids are low-key slick. Okay, wait, I'm more of a whistleblower. I know I definitely had two personalities as a kid, a gifted kid. One at home and another away from home. So I know you can't judge the children to parent relationships because there were always exceptions, like I was. Like how I cried all the time at home, over everything and nothing. Yet out in public, I would never ever cry. Always suppressing my emotions, which I still do to this day. Except for that one singular time burned in my mind. That I cried during recess after getting smacked in the face with a soccer ball out of nowhere. And all the kids gathering around me telling me it was okay to cry. Or my other personality where I was well-behaved at home and troublemaking outside. How I said I would go to the library. And I did. 
borrowing dozens of books, but I would then fuck off with my bike for the rest of the day exploring the city. And also how I was smarter than adults around me, uh, playing chess, or word puzzles, or Jeopardy. And again, splitting that personality, which led to a gateway of experimentations of alcohol and smoking bad marijuana. Which I kind of regret, because those unknown substances really aren't like they are today, where at least big cannabis is starting to label products. Those bad experiences and influences and the stigma put me off of marijuana for a bit, until it started to slowly become legalized in Canada. Which brings us to our first sponsor of this podcast. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Famed astronomer, planetary scientist, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, author, and science communicator Carl Sagan once wrote in a secret essay on marijuana, quote, the illegality of cannabis is outrageous and an impediment to full utilization of a drug which helps produce the serenity, insight, sensitivity, and fellowship so desperately needed in this increasingly mad and dangerous world. I concur, Carl Sagan. Now, I'm not your stereotypical marijuana smoker, I don't think. But I know the only way I could get through this particularly painstaking episode of being intimate and brainstorm this entire first-time podcast project, really, was through marijuana sessions to find the permission and the guts to deeply explore, feel, and comprehend my pandemic silence thoughts and jot all these down high as fuck which is not as often to be honest but when i do i use drugs to kick my ass sorry i mean i use mary jane to explore my brain without having to be peril about the authorities disproportionately affecting minorities like myself anymore with legalization of marijuana from the government of canada thank you again to my man the prime minister of canada and the slow but steady legalization of marijuana. To be honest, I think I wish I drank less and smoked more as a young adult. And not that mediocre marijuana of whatever the flavor of the day was from a sketchy weed dealer I didn't trust, but these new clearly labeled choices and varieties of marijuana, now easily accessible to us, popping up on every block, bordering on oversaturization. So much so, I keep spreadsheets of various businesses and their selections and even hanging around legal cannabis offices while legally investing in pot stocks. So thank you to the following sponsors of this podcast, which I may or may not have legally invested in. Afria, Tilray, Aurora, Canopy Growth and Houseplant, Color Cannabis, Edison, Fire and Flower, Organigram, Molson Coors, and Wink. Hi, I'm Seth Rogen. I really love weed. But what you probably don't know about me is that I have been working on my own weed company for the last 10 years. It's called Houseplant. And uh, what we're doing is bringing you the best strains of weed that have been hand-picked. And by that, I mean hand-smoked by me. Um, it's just the weed that I love that I want to be smoking. It's just the beginning. This is honestly my life's work, and I've never been more excited about anything. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Canadian Seth Rogen. Now, as a generally inconsistent person, good consistent weed has enabled me to look at myself with different perspectives. As I try to think back about what lost younger me was thinking, smoking inconsistent weed, trying to understand why I was, what I was, 
why I am, what I am, what I am. Or maybe I was just so high reading this ad read. Anyways, while I don't feel the need to quote, get high to enjoy myself, because I know being high is not real, it does help me a little bit with the anxiety, and the tension, and the overthinking, and the other various overcomings. I do know getting high also adds another angle to our dimensions, or makes me hyper-focused on the tasks at hand, such as cleaning, job searching, or understanding the actual lyrics from my eclectic music library, or when I look up to the sky, trying to comprehend the universe, the Milky Way galaxy, the Virgo supercluster, the Lanakia supercluster, multiverses, parallel universes, alternate universes, and existing inside verses. So kids, I'm not saying to do drugs, but I'm not saying to not not do drugs. But if you really want to gain some new perspectives, you know what to do. And if that is drugs, only do the ones you absolutely trust. Too many assholes out there trying to cut corners in products with powders and synthetics. That's why I always carry some naloxone with me. So start with marijuana, nature's gateway to the galaxies. Side effects may include getting low, confusion, forgetfulness, sleepiness, seeing things you don't want to see, feeling things you don't allow yourself to feel, recognizing the steps you need to realize self-actualization, schizophrenia, and other mental health issues that you should really get addressed unlike me. Ask your doctor if it's right for you, or not. I'm just saying don't knock it if you don't try it. And if you do, make sure you try the good shit. I wish I did more of that, the good shit. Or we can address the somewhat common relationship between drug use and gifted adults on another podcast. Legalize Marijuana, the unofficial sponsor of today's podcast. Now back to contextually painting a picture of me, J-Rock, 23. Contrary to popular belief and expectations about gifted kid me, I've not risen to become prime minister, even if everyone voted me most likely. I'm not even close to being an official advisor to the prime minister. Casually to my boy JT, maybe. But can I still be prime minister one day? Absolutely not. Well, maybe. That delusional dream is still alive, thanks to this rise of populism and this anti-intellectual climate we're in. Oh, and excuse me for using my swear words as a crutch, or as a verb, or noun, adjective. I forget the parts of speech. Because I'm pretty sure I missed out entirely on those fundamental elementary lessons while I was pulled out of gifted classes. But now the only way for me to become PM is to make a fuck ton of money and attract the populist vote. Because I'm definitely not formally educated enough. And trust me when I say that gifted education holds absolutely no cachet. I would know. I've tried it all. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I've basically dropped out of every school I've been to except for maybe elementary. Like gifted school, French immersion, high schools, plural. Driving school, piano school, karate school, boxing school, cooking school, college, universities, plural, online edX, Coursera school, coding school, school of hard knocks. I guess I never really just fit in in the schooling environment. Square peg, round hole. And maybe I really should have addressed my attention deficiency or even my physical eyesight in the classroom when everything started to become a blur for me. But you're damn right I'm putting all those thousand dollars of education I tried on my resume see how far that little white light can take me. So while I'm not going to admit to being that stereotypical gifted underachiever, guilty of coasting, cruising, gallivanting, slacking, or whatever cinnamon that describes it, maybe the resume speaks for itself. I mean, I know I'm definitely not comfortable celebrating or acknowledging any of my noteworthy accomplishments anytime, anywhere. Like my work with the World Food Program and the Nobel Peace Prize we were recently awarded. Okay, not technically me. I guess it's bad enough that the concept of gifted is enough of a humble brag whether we like it or not. 
and maybe that childhood measure stick that I appeared to be, with everyone silently competing with me, subliminally burned me. Okay, so now that I'm thinking of it here, asking myself honestly, where exactly did it all go wrong? Uh, maybe when my one-year-old dog ran away. But he did find his way home that day. Really, my dog Max, my best friend in the world, found his way home. Anyways, he ran because my dad dropped the leash and couldn't catch him. Which led us to finding out that he had cancer and which he died from. So maybe I don't give enough credit to that life-altering event. My father was where I think I got my intellectual genes and my heredity. But it's not like I knew enough of anything as a kid to explore where that personality came from. No, although I think it all went wrong around that time. But when I was lied to. About going to an inner-city high school. That told me they had all the sports and amenities and even a gifted program of its own. Which I learned was total bullshit. And of which I have no fond memories of. But at least I was able to get copies of the Master Keys for that facility too. But yeah, the concept of gifted meant nothing to me in my teenage years. Even as this once high-achieving gifted kid, I definitely lost my way. Reminds me of the parable, or the fable, that my mother forewarned me about, of the tortoise and the hare, one of Aesop's fables. Where the gist of it is, the bunny rabbit was so confident at winning the race, it stopped and fell asleep, while the turtle kept on moving along slowly, along the path, and won the race. Somewhere along that line, I think I fell asleep, and ended up waking up taking a different path. The one less traveled, maybe, but becoming totally lost off the beaten path. So yeah, that's a childhood story that still personally stings me today. Other great childhood fables and analogies relating to the gifted experience, I'd say, would be the Black Swan, or, sorry, the Ugly Duckling fairy tale, and also the Cheetah, or the Leopard, and how it got to spots. That's a story time for another day. Funny enough, I was one of the kids they would tell, you can do anything you want in this world. And you know what? I kind of believed it. I vividly remember being secretly told by my grade 3 teacher that her lawyer husband saw my homework and said I would make a great lawyer someday. Well, I definitely didn't go to law school, but I think I'm still pretty good at bullshitting. And bullshitting is a scientific sign of intelligence. Fun fact. Anyways, being told that you can do anything as a kid, I mean, I get the sentiment, but in actuality, they should have told me that I needed to have something to hang my hat on. A bread and butter, a moneymaker. Or else, at least, get the Vinci Renaissance smart-ass smart. And they really should have made it clear that you can do it all, even if you tried. Because multipotentiality, being implanted in my head, became more of a curse than a blessing. As that gifted kid, I dreamed about many things, obviously. What, an actor? A baseball player? An Olympian? An astronaut? A computer worker? A principal? A news reporter? A train engineer? A streetcar driver? Well, they told me to dream bigger than that, the streetcar driver. But looking back, that's like a great job in this economy. Pandemic proof. Moving people to their destinations. A strong union with benefits and pensions. Are you kidding me? I might have to look back into that uh, whole streetcar driving kind of thing. So what did I actually become? Hmm. Nothing to hang my singular hat on. Uh, somehow I became a jack of all trades. Master of none. A job hopper. Uh, maybe that was a natural outcome all along. I mean, I started off working as an underage bartender, and then a janitor slash garbage truck driver slash facilities manager for like 10 years as a teenager at this massive event venue, where yes, I also had access to magic keys, but also a place where I told I was smarter than to be working there. But if I wasn't smarter than that and stuck with it, who knows, I could have been filling these six-figure job titles that I keep seeing being posted by them. I may even be working alongside my old co-workers who are now head honchos. Other gigs I've filled in my life? 
as I take a quick look at my bullshit resume that reads like an unbridled attention deficient disaster, general laborer, recycling coordinator, construction worker, insurance and restoration, oh, Uber Maps driver, before Uber was even a thing. But I got cut from that gig after hacking it. Financial technician, experiential marketing, exhibits, trade shows, customer service rep, tech support, data project, searcher, mobile phone specialist, oh, and most recently, catering, events, and hospitality, logistics delivery, office mover, office installer. Oh man, I love the new office smell. And ironically, I guess I just couldn't stick with a 9 to 5 white collar cubicle thing instead of taking on 2 to 12s or 12 to 8 blue collar jobs. And those were just the ones I could verify on paper. If I can recall, though, there was this book titled, quote, Gifted Grownups by Mary Lou Kelly Strzniewski, The Mixed Blessings of Extraordinary Potential. From what I recall, because I have no idea where I placed it, it really justified a lot of my work experiences in relation to giftedness and multipotentiality. From job hopping to pushing boundaries, how I can pick up things quickly, but never having experience in the first place. So I probably look like an idiot where employers want you to know things already. That damn experience paradox. I mean, how will you gain experience if you can't even get the opportunity to do so? Essentially, it doesn't really matter what you end up doing. Quote, gifted grown-ups run into common problems of adventure or boredom or failure or success. That's probably a book I should read again after all these years if I can find it somewhere. So yeah, again, I personally refuse to buy into this trendy gifted kid burnout theory. Even though I did almost crash a work truck badly after being drowsy behind the wheel. With habits like working 16-hour days or 60-80-hour to 80 hour weeks. That was the more recently events-based physical job where I enjoyed eating and drinking all the time. I don't think I was drunk then or under the influence of drugs, but I can't recall. And a job, yes, where I also obtained the master keys, which I used to sleep overnight in the green rooms all to myself. And where I used to drive three trucks at basically the same time, as absurd as that sounds. I've always been described as a hard worker, and maybe I am, which I also think is bullshit, because when I do work hard, I make sure it's low-key noticed. Like how I would go into the office late, but only because I would go to the bar downstairs for a couple hours and then come back to an empty office space. I just have a different engine, running on different gas. But now that chapter of my work life is over, there's no more me being the glue that held thousand people events together. I'm kind of back to boring logistics. And in the future, honestly, to probably whoever wants to hire me as a jack of all trades, master of none, or whichever employer calls me back, even if I refuse to do those indeed assessments, ugh, those are the bane of my existence. Because I can't find cheat for those, and I don't know if I can even pass those tests with fine colors anymore. Probably due to my creative interpretations of simple questions that are ultimately self-defeating and I can't beat the algorithm. Like, I don't even know if I can pass an IQ test anymore. And definitely not even a Mensa test under pressure. Not that I would want to. Uh, shout out to the My Year Mensa podcast. But maybe one day I'll finally pass the Jeopardy contestant test. R.I.P. Alex Trebek. But something like that would involve going all in on taking a risk. Something I kind of refuse to do. Thanks to, I don't know, a massive fear of failure or the repercussions from doing so. I'm not really the one to win poker tournaments, but I make sure I finish in the money as a solid and steady gambler. They say you gotta risk it all or be great. But me, I'm so risk averse, especially if I can't get the mental calculations to add up highly enough in my favor, that I don't even try. And yes, I'm also the douchebag at the poker table with sunglasses on indoors. But I swear to you it's because of prescription. And as a bonus, they hide a ton of my anxiety. Especially with making eye contact, something I really deeply cannot do. 
Like that time more recently when I was stuck in an elevator with Bradley Cooper, knowing exactly who the fuck he was and not saying shit. Even after we made quick cutting odd eye contact. Uh, he did play one of my favorite characters though in the film Limitless, where they deal drugs that give you a thousand plus IQ. So, Eddie, you are interested after all. That stuff's amazing. Works better if you're already smart. I'm not a fan of stereotypes, something I despise. Stereotyping is born out of a lack of diversity and inclusion and representation to make the lazy bias conclusions. And it was because I hated stereotypes that I got eyeglasses way later than I should have. Which again maybe ruined my classroom experience. But I know it definitely ruined my batting average and any chance I had a scholarship playing baseball anywhere at a higher level than bumfuck middle of nowhere Christian scholar school that I never really went to. You see, athletically gifted and intellectually gifted are akin. I mean, both are real, but obviously one has to do with the visual, physical aspect, and the other, the hidden mental aspect. So I still don't understand why there's so much stigma surrounding intellectually gifted kids who are clearly smarter than average, who really should be absolutely moved up in grades, and also be put amongst other intellectually unique gifted kids. Like how we do with athletically gifted kids. They get to play with the older kids. Which is what I hope becomes from this pandemic and the upheaval of the standard education system. And speaking of upheaval, I have heard those rumblings and ideas of abolishing gifted programs. Because as we all know, it's been a system being ruined by rich people, or entitled douchebags, or white supremacy, or whatever have you. And while I don't agree with that idea, in fact, I think there should be more emphasis being put on gifted programs, even though I know that won't happen. The only way I'll entertain the idea of abolishing gifted programs is if streaming kids in accordance to their age and grades is no longer common. And that has to become a normalized environment and not the exception for smart kids to thrive rather than concentrating on being socially awkward among kids older than you. So I hope society normalizes younger kids in school punching above the grade level. Like, I didn't relatively learn jack in school anyways because elementary is really just a place to set the foundations of learning and not to learn everything because learning is really a lifelong process. That's where college and university set in as expensive as that shit is. Of which I can't even comprehend the concept of debt. But yeah, a kid like me in school should have absolutely grade skip. And where I really wish I was pounded by a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Something I had to overcome later on. As now evident by my hilariously disturbing Google search history. So I can see how I came to despise school as a kid. Maybe because of how easy it was. Versus how little I was learning. How little I was getting out of it. Finding intellectual stimuli and troublemaking. Pushing boundaries. Breaking rules. And again, as I explore an alternate universe where if SARS 1.0 was the pandemic in the 2000s, which it almost was in my city, I think I would have thrived in an incongruent educational landscape and ended up in being a better place than I am today. Alas, here I am, dropping out of every school I've been to and not giving enough credence or therapy or over-medication in the concept of ADHD. I feel like eating some grapes on charcuterie. So yeah, I think tweeting has also definitely broken my brain, or adapted it to short bursts of attention. One of the life-changing points I can mark back in the day is when I went to pick up a new phone, uh, a smartphone from my boy from the back of his Cadillac. A Blackberry with encrypted BBM, uh, the popular choice among drug dealers and street entrepreneurs, or this new-ish Apple iPhone. And here I am 10 years later and I'm still tripping away on my jailbroken iOS. Now an honest-to-god cyborg, I feel where I rely so much on my mental capacity on this device and 5G now that I don't even know how it would have functioned with it anymore. I do know smartphones and the internet and computers and coding automation have eliminated any natural advantages I had without the use of tech growing up. So yeah, that also changed the trajectory of my life. And alongside that, the day I searched gifted on Echophone and Uber Twitter on my brand new iPhone, 
so this is definitely something that's always been in the back of my mind since then. Realizing that, holy shit, there are people, albeit very few, around the world that like to text about Gifted while putting their name and face to it. Which has now apparently grown exponentially within the past couple years with this expansion to 240 characters. As a full-blown Twitter addict now, I'm talking about every single second I'm waiting anywhere, or driving a truck in traffic, scrolling through the timeline, looking over everyone going nowhere, Twitter addict. I also use Twitter as a low-key social engineering Google search engine where I can find anything on there. But especially, I think I use that as a drug to cope with the loneliness. I chuckle and laugh and smirk at everything, however inappropriate, and I really don't give a damn, thanks to my warped sense of humor and this absurdity of life. I mean, I'm laughing at how bad I think this episode is, revealing some of myself to paint the context of who exactly this madman on the podcast is talking about gifted. So me personally, I'm still trying to not become a product of my environment. I think it's harder than it sounds. And I'm just trying to become stronger than the anchors in my life. So here I am, failing a hundred times in life, trying to find the one that just works. As a brutal perfectionist, a Mr. Perfect as a kid, with this gifted label forever over my head, I'm just trying to fulfill the unrealistically high expectations of anything I do. So yeah, that's the gist of me. Now as a grown-ass adult, still cut from the same cloth, it really has been gifted for life. This podcast is being sponsored by Coinbase, because cryptocurrency is the future. Now we're not crypto bros, but we believe in the power of the blockchain. Ergo, cryptocurrency. So maybe it's Bitcoin. Hopefully it's Ethereum. We've been betting on Ethereum for a while now. And it definitely isn't the cute, funny, pump and dump meme coin, Dogecoin. But whatever cryptocurrency you choose to wisely invest in, try Coinbase. We have a global economy. We're going to need a global digital currency. Cryptocurrency is going to be a great democratizing force for the world because it's going to level the playing field and allow anybody with a cell phone to access financial services. This is going to transform how we think about a real global economy. I think in order to understand its importance, we first have to define what currency means. Coinbase. Sign up for Coinbase and get $10 USD after buying or selling $100 USD of cryptocurrency using the referral link coinbase.com slash join slash R-O-C-A underscore 787. That's coinbase.com slash join slash R-O-C-A underscore 787. They say life opens up when you do. I think that's bullshit, but I might as well try. Because I don't do things with a high failure rate. But they also say if you try, you risk failure. And if you don't, you insure it. Did y'all know to be in the top 1% of podcasts in the world all you need to do is publish 21 episodes. I didn't fact check it, but I think that's the goal here. On this episode number three. Oh, are you kidding me? Featuring, I hate to say it, me, your host, JRock23. Framing myself in hopefully a relevant, meaningful way that you can relate to. The various aspects. Cut from the same cloth. Running on the same engine. Flying on the same plane. Because I know I like to apply what I learn on the go. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, The only friend worth having is the one who remains somewhat unknown. So while I did provide a gist on who I am in relation to giftedness, I know you know there's a large part of me unknown, as we're hard to get to know to begin with. And so I just think I can be that gifted friend who just gets it, through this podcast project format. Now, with everything that was all said, to answer the Genesis primary question of all this, gifted, is it a blessing or is it a curse? For me personally, 
obviously a curse. So it's borderline driving me insane because I know there's this other side to this double-edged sword that I really want to learn how to yield by exploring with others who have yielded it successfully and then sharing what I learned. Because so far, I now have relatively nothing real to show for my sword. But maybe one day, one day, one day, one day, yes, I'm also a brutal procrastinator. So if I give him advice to my past gifted self, what would I have done differently? Yeah, number one would be to stop procrastinating. Number two would be to invest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, even if I didn't know what the internet really could be back then. And number three, choose a fucking path. Have a bread and butter. And the multi-potentiality will come after. And along that chosen path, I'd say have better influences. Take a little more chances. Ask for help. Find people who get it. Develop a growth mindset. Speak up especially when you knew the answer, but didn't say out loud for the fear of failure only to lose the ego or self-confidence boost just to get scolded as part of the group for not knowing the answer when I really did before it was confirmed. And I'd say develop self-discipline to stay on that path. So yeah, that's some advice I think I'd give to my past self. I'm sure y'all have your own thing, things you want to specifically say to your past self, but maybe you can relate to some of what I'm saying. They also say what makes you different is what makes you great. And our strengths are oftentimes our weaknesses. And also... With great power comes great responsibility. I am the Spider-Man. No, wait. And also, they say, who conceals their disease cannot expect to be cured. Now, I'm not saying this is disease. But what I'm saying is I'm still looking for that panacea for all this. Which I'm led to believe is somewhere in myself. Because everything in life I thought I was building towards, I watched it collapse with the pandemic and the events and the people industry I was in. So I think I'm back at square one. Unbelievably again. And now doing futuristic job interviews, where I was forced to do an impersonal record-yourself-self-interview so they could put it into the algorithm and spit it back out. And I think that's what really sent me over the fucking edge to then try this project in podcast format. As you can see, I literally have no special talents. I'm just passionately curious. Like Albert Einstein said, and I am definitely no Albert Einstein. Uh, the great man theory Albert Einstein that we hold up, not the problematic Albert Einstein. Because I'm definitely not a genius, not a renaissance man, but I swear to you I'm intellectually gifted. Where gifted is nature, success is nurture. And when you failed and hit rock bottom, with your back against the wall, that's when your vision really starts to narrow. Which is how I think I know what I've seen. So with only my intellectual curiosity left in me, I learned to spread my knowledge. Which looked like it ended up wide and thin. But hey, at least the canvas is painted. So I hope I painted a contextual picture of who exactly your host is on this gifted podcast. The no one gives a fuck if you're gifted. We do podcast. AKA gifted school dropouts. AKA gifted for life. As found on Google, DuckDuckGo, or Twitter at the underscore real underscore gifted. And on the player platforms Spotify and Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, CastBox, Podbean, Podcast Addict, The Blockchain. Wherever you download Catch Your Podcast episodes, please subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Thank you, however you found us. Again, tweet us or space us at the underscore real underscore gifted, a decade running now. Or on the Instagram that we revived at the underscore gifted underscore podcast. On Discord and Reddit. On email, gifted at protonmail.com. The Switzerland encrypted email platform. Or Anchor and Spotify's voicemail feature. Please feel free to share your comments, your thoughts, your memes, or whatever. We really, really appreciate it because we really know that no one, 
No one gives a fuck if you're gifted. We do. So remember kids, adults, cyborgs, keep it real. Keep it gifted. Because it's hashtag gifted for life. I embody every characteristic of the egotistic. He know he's so fucking gifted.